0: hi guys welcome to on the other line i'm lemma and i'm sarah and today we have a special guest with us sarah another sarah <laughs> hi oh my god it's so bad yeah we'll no, edit no. that out
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect
2: yeah don't worry So just to give everyone a little bit of context, um, Sarah was actually one of the first people who reached out to me when I posted the questionnaire asking people about their thoughts about mental health in the Middle East, and we had a long conversation about it. Um, And so I asked her to come and be a part of this um, episode since she has a lot of opinions about it. Um, Sarah does a lot of research on this topic because she and her sister actually run a blog uh, which researches uh, topics related to the Middle East. So unfortunately, her sister could not be on this episode today. So we're going to actually do a separate episode uh, with Sarah and her sister and introduce their blog to you then and they'll talk about it more then. Uh, and yes, yeah, so I'm so, so excited for that. So stay tuned because their blog is absolutely incredible. I love the work they do and the research they do. Um, it has taught me so, so much despite the fact that I actually grew up in the Middle East. I still don't know a lot about it. So, yep. So stay tuned.
0: All right. Well, sorry for interrupting and back to the episode now. So we're very excited to have Sarah here to talk about mental health um, and basically discuss mental health from a cultural perspective and talk about the taboos and stigmas around mental health right yes thank you for having me (laughs) i'm so awkward we're so happy to have you no we're so happy no don't worry about
2: it trust me it's okay we're all awkward here this is the awkward party (laughs) (laughs)
0: okay
1: that makes me feel much better okay
2: no don't worry it's just just relax it's just a normal just treat it like a normal conversation that we're having just between the three of us like we like we were just talking like pretend the microphone's not even on just don't worry about it. Okay. So, yeah. So, last... Uh, a few weeks ago, basically, I put out, like, kind of an Instagram type of question thingy. <laughs> uh, and I asked people about what they think about mental health in the Middle East and relating related to taboos about mental health. And I also asked people about what they think we should do to, I guess, um, address the issue of mental health in the Middle East. And I also want to preface this by saying that, like, obviously, mental health, this issue of taboos around mental health isn't just a Middle Eastern problem. It's actually a lot of cultures that, um, I guess, stigmatize mental health. But obviously, we're from the Middle East. So we're going to just talk about our experiences. But I'm sure that a lot of other people from different cultures could probably relate to this or not. Who knows? (laughs) Um, so I guess I could start by reading um, some of the responses that I got, or if you
0: want to read them, Demma, like it's up to you. Um, first of all, to anyone who sent messages and responded, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, okay, I'll read the message. So it says, the issue regarding mental health in the Middle East is the simple fact that the idea in itself is incomprehensible to so many people. They believe that the only pain that one can suffer is physical and that mental illness is a Western idea. Um, so many people tie mental health with religion. So the more religious and close to God one is, the better his mental state will be and vice versa, which is very far from the truth, which is why someone having depression or anxiety or any other mental illness is shunned and is shunned and looked at as being from God and crazy. Some even get blamed for their mental state. Um, so basically, I think what she's saying is that if you're mentally ill, it's just like a like it's just because you're not close to God. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like that she's talking about that uh, false belief, I I would call it. Um, And then she says the root cause of all this, in my opinion, is people not understanding that mental illness is a result of physiological default in one's brain instead of it being a feeling or a bad day. I think we have a long way to go because this issue isn't about people choosing to not understand or choosing not to take this issue seriously. It's about them not understanding the whole concept and choosing to stay ignorant. Um, if I could just say one thing about mental health being a westernized
1: tool. Um, actually, the first three psychiatric hospitals were founded in Baghdad, Cairo and Damascus. And the first one, and that was back in. So the one in Baghdad, the very first one was in 705 A.D., mm-hmm. And the first known hospital in the West was founded in London in the 13th century.
0: Wow, that's insane. See, this is why we have you as a guest. Exactly. <laughs> Hit us with the facts. But that's a great point because mm-hmm. the thing is, I feel like in the Middle East, they have institutions and um, places to treat these illnesses. But I think the difficult part is to um, g- get help and to talk about the fact that you need help. You know, and, and to, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's still that like taboo around it. Like you shouldn't say anything. And I think also, I think there's this Middle Eastern cultural, um, I don't know, like temperament or way of thinking where they almost try to ignore, or we almost try to ignore something, um, to make it go away. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like if we seek help, well, we're actually, um, validating mental our mental illness and making it true we're putting it out there you know we're speaking it out and and making it true so it's better to just ignore it and not seek help and pretend like it doesn't exist because maybe if we do that it'll go away and and the problem is with mental illness it, it's a little bit different than we talked about this before we actually recorded but we talked about how mental illness and mental health are different um, and so with mental illness if you do ignore it it's not going to go away with mental health, if you do ig- ignore it, it might eventually go away. But it also, you know, it's like it's like having a cold, mm-hmm. right? Like people when people have colds, you can wait for it to go away, but you can you still can you know have t- treatment, take panadol or pills or whatever to to subside your symptoms. And the same thing with mental health. But anyway, either way, like in the Arab community, people don't really like to talk about it because they don't want it to be true almost i
2: don't really think sorry i don't think that um that people like if you have if you have mental health issues like temporary ones let's say you're going through a depressive episode i don't think that ignoring the issue actually makes it go away i think that if you neglect these emotions or you ne- neglect this state of mind you might end up actually making it worse
0: for yourself worse, yeah that's a possibility for sure mm-hmm yeah, that's the thing, is that you never know, right? With with mental health, you never know if it can turn into a mental illness or not. Um, it's like a risky business. Yeah.
1: So I think, um, we, me and Sarah were talking about this before you came, um, and one thing we're talking about is the difference between mental health and mental illness and how people use them interchangeably when it's really not the same thing at all. People misuse mental health and actually say mental illness instead. I think that just... That changes the way we react to things because reacting to mental health is very different to reacting to mental illness. And if we Mm -hmm. can't even identify what mental health even is, so how can we go about treating it?
2: Exactly. And so um,
1: one thing when you're talking about having conversations with people, um, so I know my one friend, this was very recent, uh, when he was telling me, if I seek help, that means I'm less less of a man.
2: Mm. So that's
1: why I don't want to seek help. And so for me, I struggled with telling him, what help even looks like. I couldn't, like, I didn't know how to tell them that mental health experts have strategies. They have certain, you know, plans to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Like, I don't even know how to explain yeah. it, you know? And I feel like that's where we have the, that's where the barrier is. If you can't even explain what you can get out of going to these experts, then how can you possibly, like, articulate the need to go to them?
0: Yeah. Um, and I also want to touch on what Laura said about. Um, religion and mental health Mm. so religion actually acknowledges mental health a lot Um, you always see like different du'a sense of that um, I guess target different mental health feelings such as like anxiety and depression but a lot of people think that okay like if you feel this way just do this do this make this du'a or, or just become closer to God and your problems will be solved. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what um, the religion instruct us, instructs us to do. We're supposed to seek help when we need it. Okay, whether it's related to marriage counseling, whether it's related to your physical health, you're supposed to seek help, Health, especially because your physical and mental health is very closely related to your spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Um, so that idea of of um basically kind of shunning people because of their mental illness and blaming that on their level of religiosity is coming from an ignorant mindset and from that cultural um stereotype against mental health and mental illness Mm -hmm. um
2: i feel like just um like combining what you what you both said like i feel like um You're definitely right, Sarah, like that there is um, a difference between mental health and mental illness. And I feel like, you know, when you were talking about earlier, you were talking about how, you know, there are these really dumb Instagram posts sometimes about like, oh, like seven ways to make yourself, you know, feel better. And they talk about bubble baths or some just really stupid remedy for. Yeah, like skincare. Yeah, skincare or something like that. And it's just like this really fluffed up version of, you know, talking about mental health when or like talking about mental health and trying to fluff it up or simplify it when it really isn't. But when it comes to like serious mental illnesses, you can't have like a fluffed up remedy for
1: it. It just isn't that simple. So here's the thing about talking about religion in our societies is I feel like before we can talk about what we should do and how these um, different, you know, pillars impact our lives, I feel like it's important to understand how these pl- pillars even play in our lives. So there's a 2011 study that found that the youth in the Arab majority societies see traditional institutions like family and religion as powerful anchors of their identity. So it's not really so much about people choosing religion over mental health is that there's a lack of understanding of these like the bridges between those two. Do you know what I'm do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. We need to understand how important religion plays in the youth's everyday lives and that's why Mm -hmm. they don't want to stray away from it because people think that when we stray away from religion when we go into a westernized tool then Mm -hmm. that's gonna seem some type of way because let's be honest like in our societies we care a lot what other people say you know what are the neighbors gonna think what are the streets gonna think
0: and so it's it's
1: it's much more of like you know if i go to mental health whatever the street's gonna say that i'm crazy so it's like a lack of understanding. Do, do yeah. you, I don't know if I'm making yeah. sense.
0: But I wonder, I wonder why um, mental health uh, or like seeking help for mental health and mental illness is um, viewed as a Western tool. I don't know. Um, I don't know, honestly, but I, I wonder,
2: because you were saying earlier that, um, you know, we actually basically, ha- we basically have a history of um, recognizing mental health, right? You were yeah. saying that at yeah. the beginning. Um, so I wonder how we got from from being that to being this and I actually do agree with you Sarah like I think a big part of the reason why people don't um, get help or they don't um, acknowledge mental health issues in their own family or mental illness issues in their family um, is because they're afraid of judgment and I, I, I've i I actually um, heard so many people talk about this like how um, you know uh let's say you know you you want to go to the therapist because you're depressed and you know you go see a psychiatrist and people ask people will start asking questions like why is she always going to the doctor people will like write it off as like a headache or like oh like you know like they'll just like because they just really don't want to admit to it and I feel like that's even worse um like I feel like it's even worse that we have or that people in society have that attitude because um, even if like, let's say someone in your, in your family has mental health issues or mental has a mental illness, like mm-hmm. they're severely depressed or something, and you as a family want to help that person, it's really hard to do that as well because like if there's constant judgment from the outside as well, like you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't know if that made any sense at all, but...
1: No, it does 100%. There's, there are studies that show the formal education... um, is a predictor of positive attitude towards seeking help. So the Mm -hmm. more we educate people, the more we raise awareness um, about these things. So that's like, it goes back to what I was saying about people not really understanding what seeking help even means. Yeah, Maybe it's like the term seeking help that like has some stigma attached to it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that sounds... It doesn't sound nice to say like I'm seeking help, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just not people not understanding what it is. And it's true. Like somebody asked me. So I go to a life coach and somebody asked me, um, so what what does she do exactly? Like, what do you what do you go? What do you tell her? And Mm. I didn't know what to say. I was like, okay, she helps me get to where she helps me get from where I am to where I want to be. And they're like, okay, and what does that look like? And I was like, I don't actually know. Like, I don't know how to explain that going to her has helped my life exponentially. And I didn't know how to explain what she does. You know what I mean? I think that's the barrier, that you're not able to explain how this person helped you. So for them, it's like, so why don't you just talk to a friend instead? Mm -hmm. Do you think that if you had a strong relationship with your parents, that would have helped you? You know what I mean? It's like all these ways of like, dismissing the work that this person has done in my life right because we're just yeah. yeah we're just trying to find ways in our normal like we're trying to find ways that something's wrong with me that's why I went to her because my family's not supportive or my um or my life was a mess you know what I mean instead of just acknowledging that yeah. okay I wanted to get from A to B and this person is an expert mm-hmm. and it's different than when you talk to your parents do you know what I mean it's always people trying to like saying that something's wrong with you that's why you went there instead of just being like okay maybe we should all go there
2: yeah they also always reduce it to you know they think that um they just associate getting uh help from a psychiatrist as uh you know you're gonna just the person's just gonna give you drugs like for example people who take medication for like you know obviously that's one of the um like, one of the treatments for mental illnesses is, is like, giving, like, antidepressants or whatever else. And I think that people also have, like, a really negative association with that. Like, um, I remember hearing that about, like, you know, I remember hearing someone talk about it and... You know, being like, oh well, uh, actually, uh, if you take these medic-, medic medicines like for ADHD, like you know that medicine for ADHD, yeah. Oh, if you take if you take this medicine for ADHD, you're gonna get addicted. Adderall, yeah. I feel like they they also associate that with like, like oh, it's it's you're gonna you're gonna become a drug addict if you if you take medicine for for it. You know what I mean?
0: You know, it's funny how people always talk about the side effects of medicine when it comes to um, mental health, Mm -hmm. but uh, other medicines that we take for our physical health also have tons of side effects, but people don't keep bringing... Everyone's favorite medicine. (laughs) Yeah, you can get addicted. Well, you can get addicted to painkillers, so... But I think
2: that also we have, like... I feel like there is a lack of a, a awareness about like, you know, anything medical in general, right? Like, I feel like it is a complex topic. So you can't expect people to really know about it. But I feel like because mm-hmm. it's it's such a, I feel like mental health and mental illness are such uh, reoccurring topics or they're such, big, like such a big part of our lives. Like, I feel like not everyone is going to get diagnosed with a disease, like a specific disease. But I feel like everyone at some point in their life is going to have mental health issues or absolutely, a, or yeah. even could potentially have a mental illness and maybe not even be aware of it. And I feel like that's why it's actually so important for us to talk about it. But I wanted to say also, I feel like um, Middle Eastern, maybe there's maybe not just Middle Eastern, but from what I've experienced, uh like middle eastern households basically i feel like don't really talk about their feelings in general okay and yeah. like we i i just it's unheard of like for you to have parents who ask you how you like how you're feeling and are you okay and i feel like i don't know why but i feel like middle eastern households also raise their kids in such a like tough love kind of way where it's like you know toughen up and especially guys too by the way i feel like guys are yeah a guy can yeah, you like can't they cry, have that extra layer of emotions, yeah, 100%. exactly. The extra layer of like that toxic masculinity that they're being brought up with of like you're a man, like you don't cry. like you 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 can handle your shit and you don't need you don't you know, you don't ask for help. you you do it all on your own. And I feel like that is like even worse. I feel like it's even worse. And for women, like when women go through these things, it's like, oh, you're hormonal. oh, you're getting. I hate that so much when people say that like, oh, you're you're," women are sensitive, like instead of actually acknowledging that, you know, maybe there is something that is so not
1: normal. (laughs) Our societies beyond culture, because a lot of people can say like, oh, my household, we talk about feelings. We talk about this. Right. So the other thing about our region is that we have the highest unemployment rate of any region in the world. Wow, That impact, that has... So what studies have found is that poor socioeconomic uh, status is a risk factor for depression. Mm -hmm. And because we have less resources available and less health care and poor physical and mental health, and we have... And in general, the region is is exposed to high stress levels because Mm -hmm. of war and violence and conflict. And, you know, so we are very susceptible to these things, which is more of a reason why we should be talking about these things and having productive conversations about these things, Mm -hmm. because our region is very vulnerable. And us being like, oh, men who have, um, you know, behavioral issues is because they're competitive. They are, uh, you know, whatever. What is it called? You know, like, sorry, cut that all out. But I just wanted to bring up the thing about the male and men. But like, okay, so there's this one thing about a young male having behavioral problems, right? They're not seen as, oh, they need to go to professionals, right, and deal with it. They're just seen as like, oh... um, You know, if they have issues growing up and they display aggression, then we're just going to disciplinary discipline them in schools. Right. Mm -hmm. And tell them that's bad behavior. Right. And women at the same time. Right. They're treated um, in the same respect. Right. So women don't have access to these services the same Mm -hmm. way men have access to them. And men barely even have access to them. Mm -hmm. So it's even worse. Like and men, the region is so messed up. But maybe cut that part out.
0: (laughs) No, no. I I think I mean. you're right but also like it goes back to the whole idea of like they don't people don't want to acknowledge it because they don't want it to be true almost. Like if you 100%. if you go up to a mom, let's say, and they will probably take it super personally if you do this. But if you go to a mom and go like, well, I think your son, you know, maybe it would be better if you, or, or your daughter, maybe it would be better if you check that out. Like I feel like maybe they might have ADHD or something, or I don't know, you come up with, you notice something about the son and daughter and you bring it up to the mom. Mm. Um, they will automatically deny it and and i feel like we live in this culture of denial and everyone knows that if you're in denial like that's the the worst part about um or like the 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 number one hindrance to a seeking mental health help yeah. or or mental illness help yeah. so yeah i feel like we we just have we have that culture of denial in yeah. in a lot of the, I also in a lot of middle, say- middle eastern families
2: yeah Sorry, I also wanted to say, how do we discipline our children, too? You know, like, I feel like someone pointed this out to me, and I I really don't want to mean to be offensive here. I know that Middle Eastern parents, a lot of them do a lot for their parents in general, do a lot for their children. Um, But I feel like the way that Middle Eastern parents also discipline their children is very harmful as well like you, you know are you talking
0: about uh, beating up <laughs> <laughs> not
2: necessarily not even just beating up like being physically or even mentally or verbally abusive and also neglecting yeah. and then on top of that not having constructive um conversations about mm-hmm. like like not even considering the relationship like i feel like yeah a lot of parents in the middle east have a very authoritarian kind of way of bringing up their children because that's because that's the 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 community that we live in right it is it is it's part of that's like the political culture and again so and then i feel like there's like this abuse of power as well and then when that power is abused and and these children are subject to this kind of power abusive power basically throughout their whole lives from a young age they grow up with these really really unhealthy tendencies and they might grow up you know feeling anxious or being depressed or whatever else and then on top of that we don't even address that on top of that these kids are suffering they don't even know what the hell they're going through they don't know Mm -hmm. what they're dealing with and that's the thing i feel like Even if people could help, they don't have the answers. Like, imagine going to someone who doesn't know anything, who's never learned about mental health, a mom, let's say, and her son comes up to her and tells her, I'm feeling this way. She might understand what he feels like if she's experienced it herself, but how is she going to tell him, oh, you're depressed? She doesn't even know what depressed means, you know, maybe. So, like, how is she going to even start? How are you going to start having a conversation if you don't even know what to talk about? You know what I mean? Which just kind of goes back to what you said.
1: So here's the thing. It's what Lemo is saying is that the way some parents in the region are is reflective of the way they're, you know, the product of growing up and Mm -hmm. the political system and their societies and things like that. And so for me, the way I see the most obvious answer to this, not obvious answer, but like whatever, an an answer to this, a solution, Mm -hmm. a possible solution. Okay, I'm just saying all the words so you can cut out everything. But the answer, (laughs) (laughs) a possible solution is to start at the institutional level. And just to make sure, these institutions, even traditional institutions, right? So a lot of people are more um, more okay with going to treatment from like religious healers, right? Uh, or if yeah, yeah or if uh, if clinics, uh, they're more okay if like these treatments are um, part of like less stigmatized areas, like clinics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I forgot the other words, but anyway. So when th- when we work at things from an institutional level, like maybe making sure they're more, and not even just that, but making sure insurance even covers these things and sees them as Mm. an actual issue. Then when they're more widely spread, people are more likely to use them. I feel, I don't know. That's even
2: an issue in the Western world too. Like, I don't think that insurance even covers mental health.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember um, after like maybe my sixth or seventh session uh, with my life coach, I remember a family member told me, oh, uh, you still need more sessions? I didn't know you were that crazy. Yeah.
0: You see uh, this is like I was going to say like that kind of talk makes it makes it even harder for people to talk about their mm. mental illness and mental health because they're worried ab- well you don't have to be worried about it but you, you don't want like it's just you, you're already in that toxic environment where everybody has that taboo around mental health and mental illness so even if you want to talk about it you don't want like Even if you want to talk about it and you don't have that taboo about it, you don't want other people to make assumptions about you based on a taboo because, you know, they have that. 100%. Here's the
1: thing. Here's the thing. It's like, I will talk about it very openly and I have no problem saying it, even on this podcast, you know, because to Mm -hmm. me, this is important and it shouldn't be stigmatized. And it's not a bad thing if you have a life coach. It's not a bad thing if you're seeking help in general. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's about... But it's like, for example, the other day, so I said it um, with a bunch of friends, and everyone was like, oh, you know, they were t- I already said a few things that they said. Like, oh, why would you seek help? No one knows your life as much as you do. How can this person help me if I can't help myself? Oh, you know, that kind God. of stuff. Yeah. And then after that night, one of my friends, who didn't say anything during the conversation, messaged me, hey, can you send me her number? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that like the idea that somebody who never thought of this before wanted the number and wanted to seek out and and wanted to, you know what I mean? I think that's such a win. That's a win for me. Actually, this is like the fact
2: that when I messaged, like when I uh, posted that little story of mine and asked the question, the amount of people that responded to me with like so much, it's almost mm-hmm. like people are waiting for permission to talk about it, you know, yeah. yeah. because it's like it's like who, who you're you not going to walk up to someone and start telling them, oh, I feel depressed or I've I went through this. I went 100%. through that. So I feel like people like that's why it's so important to talk about this, because it starts that conversation and allows people to feel OK, now I feel comfortable to talk about it because someone else
0: is talking about it, you know, and I can I can put my input. You know what I mean? hmm and it's something that everyone goes through you know it's so funny how it's something that it's so that is so common yet we all try not to talk about it but it's it's in ev- it's almost it's in almost everybody's um, life so but now we're also kind of uh, switching
2: between back and forth between mental health and ma- mental illness right <laughs> we're kind of like blurring lines yeah. again because so. like
1: we were saying we don't understand it like yeah. the whole conversation we don't even understand it and we Like, I'm going to make an assumption here and say that we've (laughs) talked a lot about this and we've researched a lot about this and still we don't understand it. So imagine somebody who actually has no exposure to this at all and just thinks it's like for crazy people, right? Exactly.
2: And I think it's proof like how little we talk about it. I don't think I really... Like, the only reason that I personally was aware of this thing called mental illness Um, was because growing up like I had these problems in my own family Mm -hmm. and that's the only reason I understood them but I feel like there's probably and I come like I'm half German so that's why like the German side is very open about it my German side is very liberal right and then you know, the Egyptian side, if I was like fully Egyptian, I'm not saying that being Egyptian means like your family is not going to talk about mental health. Like I'm sure there are families that are really like open to it and stuff. But mm-hmm. I but I feel like at least my family is very much conservative. And I know for a fact that like they just we don't talk about mental health. Like it's it's so different when I go and I live with like my dad's side of the family than when I live with my mom's side of the family, like how different the conversations are. Mm-hmm. We just don't talk about mental health in my family we don't talk about well-being we don't ask anybody how they're feeling and really you know actually want to know how they're actually feeling you know I feel exactly. like that question that question gets thrown around all the time how are you how are you how are you how are you everyone's like oh good 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 nobody actually ever says how they're feeling you know and it's like it's almost it's like it's weird
1: if you do it's weird if you yeah. give them another answer people, other than I'm people don't even it's know like, how to respond yeah. to it you exactly. know like
2: how do how does someone respond when you tell them they ask you, how are you doing? You're like, actually, I've been feeling really depressed and anxious. And I can't sleep at night and I'm whatever. Like you start, They're like, whoa, I don't
0: even know how to <laughs> respond. But even if you say that to someone, usually people will respond in a way that you don't want them to respond. They're not going to even listen. They're going to try to solve the problem. Exactly. So they're going to find yes. what is going on in your life and how did they're you like, yeah. cause that problem in your life. And you know, yeah, they're going to start asking you questions and basically like, like butting in. <laughs>
2: Like real mental illness, like real mental illness often doesn't have a cause. Like people get depressed and they don't yes. know why they're depressed. For you sure. know, people people start feeling, uh, pe- you know, people with anxiety, they they start having these panic attacks and out of nowhere, they don't know why. They don't know why yeah. it's happening. And it's even harder when people are constantly trying to pinpoint a reason for why you're feeling like this, a, a yeah. solution for why you're feeling like this. Yeah, and they're or, not or try
0: Or they'll try to undermine it. You know, they'll be like, maybe it's not that bad, or, or you know, yeah. maybe it's just just cheer up, be positive, feeling,
2: like yeah, you know.
0: So. You're so yeah, blessed. So, <laughs> like uh, like I saw you oh yesterday, you were so happy. Like, no, you're, you're a happy person. What are you talking about? You know, like they'll mm-hmm. they'll try to undermine or, and, and unintentionally invalidate that feeling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we had this um, training for
1: peer support. So to do with mental health initiative. And one of the things they were telling us when you have a conversation with someone, the worst thing you can possibly say when someone's like venting or telling you what's wrong is for you to say, at least... Any sentence that starts with, at least, you know, you've messed up. Mm -hmm. It's like when someone's telling you, oh, like I'm going through a bad day and whatever, and you tell them, at least the sun is shining. At least you have this. You know, I feel like I'm that
0: person. That's that. I was like that person
1: too. I was like, oh my God, I'm so guilty of this. Yeah. And the problem is that you make someone feel so small when you give them the silver lining and not Mm -hmm. help them get there themselves. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think the first step is for all of us just to be a little kinder to one another, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, to be less judgmental. Like, I have a friend... Oh, less judgmental. Yeah, for sure. Like, I had a friend who saying once, like, oh, someone was telling me that they stress eat what do you mean just stop eating
2: yeah Ugh. it's terrible but
1: yeah like it's things like that like when you feel comfortable enough to tell someone something and then they they judge you for it like what do you mean you can't you yeah. just just do it you know and so maybe if we can just practice to be a little bit kinder and just understand yeah. what mental health even is like just educating exactly. us on what that looks like Yes, then, yeah exactly I, it just got to start somewhere we have to start somewhere that's why this yeah. conversation mm-hmm. is like all over the place because there's so many aspects to this and we there don't really know what is. to focus on it's such a big topic yeah. exactly exactly
2: i want to kind of go back to um when you know you just kind of said like we don't know like what to even talk about right we don't we don't know mm-hmm. where to start basically i want to yeah. say like how like education really is important definitely even just saying just even acknowledging like in a conversation oh there's something called depression there's something called anxiety there's something called mental illness in general okay let me because i I wanted to read something that someone sent me um about their personal experience and just kind of show how even just the lack of even awareness that there is even something called it's not even we're Mm -hmm. not like let's say we're right now we're talking about like okay how do we address mental illness like how do we how do we help people who actually have it how do we how do we even get people to even know they have it you know what i mean like how do we help the people who don't even know what they have they don't even have a word for it so this person said i was suffering from severe anxiety slash depression for the longest time and i didn't know what it was or what I had because I was apparently not religious and looking for attention, which is another thing, by the way, people say. Um, Mental health does not exist within the Arab culture, and there is no such thing. The more I neglected, it got worse to the point where I suffered from breakdowns and panic attacks. I had to become more aware about the subject and train my mind that it's okay and I'm not crazy. I recently started seeking professional help and it's going good so far. So you see how like literally like not even acknowledging like people who literally don't even know what the hell depression even looks like or anxiety even looks like. And then they're just feeling so alone or they're feeling that there's something wrong with them, but they can't even pinpoint what it is. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the first step is like the fact that there are people that exist out there that literally are going through something that serious and don't even know that they are and they feel so alone and they don't even know mm-hmm. they feel maybe even ashamed because i think when especially when we're when we're still young and we experience things for the first time and our body is changing and our mind is changing and sometimes you know the fact that People aren't really talking about something because I think when we're young, we're consuming so much information around us and people are, you know, everyone teaches you everything, everything about everything. Right. So you assume that you're basically going to be told about everything in life. You're going to be taught about everything in life. But then when there are things that are neglected, like conversations that are neglected and you're not taught about certain topics that affect you so personally, you know you're gonna end up feeling so alone you're gonna feel like i'm a weirdo like i'm an alien like nobody else feels that way because no one else is talking about it. everyone seems fine do you know mm-hmm. what i mean does that make sense yeah exactly yeah 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 so, for sure i feel like that's where you need to start for with some people you need to start there with other people who know what they have and and are trying to seek help but they're not being able to get that help because of cultural that's like a whole nother story you know what
1: i you know what i mean yeah it needs to start from <laughs> yeah. schools, really. It needs to start from education systems. It needs. To, it agree. just needs to be there.
2: That's also the thing, by the way, kids nowadays are actually, the way that they're taking in and talking about it is really toxic. Like, I feel like, I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but they basically glamorize it or they make it, they oh, make yeah. it a trend. Yeah. Like, this this anxious teenager face And I, my younger brother does this. I'm sorry to call him out. But, like, he, he'll, <laughs> he'll throw around words like, Oh, I want to kill myself. Oh, I am oh, yeah. so depressed, and I get so angry with him because I'm like I'm. I tell you, him, added I, him. <laughs> I tell I tell him, listen. If you actually are depressed, like I, you need to come and talk to us about it. You need to come and tell us so, so we can yeah. help you somehow. We can get you some help. And I told him like this is not a joke. Like and me, I get so frustrated and he doesn't understand because his friends are all like that. They all talk like that. The memes on the internet, they the, the media, the people that they're watching, that's the thing. Like nowadays, also kids have that influence from the social media right. and they're on top of that, they're being affected by social media because, of, because mm-hmm. of how social media has such an impact on our mental health as well and our well-being and how, you know, there are studies that show it's it's related to people being, being more and more depressed and more and more anxious nowadays as well. But that's like yeah. another topic, obviously. But like on top, ta- so, so yeah, they just, they just make, a trend of it and they're also experiencing it but they don't really know how to like
1: y- you know what i mean it's just a big mess basically. yeah exactly <laughs> the, by the way the one part you said about um oh i want to kill myself the amount of times you hear it in a conversation yeah. and it's like what does like do you hear yourself when you say it like i'm so yeah. shocked like how how are these words casually coming out of your mouth yeah. like
2: yeah lots of lots of slurs that people are used to saying and including myself by the way like i'm pretty sure i've Probably said so many ignorant things. You have to kind of realize and stop yourself. Sometimes you automatically say things that you just learned as a social, like the the social language that you learned, Mm -hmm. the lingo. Yeah, and you start to you know, okay, this is wrong. I shouldn't say that. Like certain slurs that you grew up hearing that actually are very offensive, and people just throw them around because they don't know how ignorant it is they don't know how how harmful these things are you know what i mean Mm -hmm. they just think oh "Oh, it's 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 cool it's a trend that's how people talk but you need to actually like hold yourself accountable and i think it's easier to do that when you're older obviously than when you're younger Mm -hmm. but that's why it's so important to like also you know focus on educating children properly and not just like being so passive about what children are learning in our schools which i think people are really passive about it to be honest
1: yeah our education system is a disaster but that's a whole other so outdated but
2: yeah it is a whole
0: other topic (laughs) yeah it's pretty bad
1: so yeah that was a
2: lot is there anything else uh you want to talk about sarah like i know you did like a lot of research on this
1: if there's anything you want to talk about um i feel like we've said a lot of it i feel like we've Mm -hmm. said like i don't know the conversation just flowed Mm -hmm. um but yeah no i feel like we've said like a lot of it yeah
0: yeah it's such a big topic so mm. it's impossible to cover oh, of course really everything in one podcast episode but I think we did kind of like touch on yeah a little bit of exactly a lot of things <laughs> yeah it was really great honestly yeah mm. sorry is it over because I'm just oh. like oh that was well, great over. Yeah. <laughs> Nina, and then you can tell us how you really feel about it we yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, Wait, wait, I'll let you guys know, I wanted to just end it by by giving a few, uh, like sharing a few of the responses I got, because I asked people, Mm -hmm. basically I asked on my Instagram, uh, your thoughts about how we could do better to address mental health in the Middle East. And basically, this is what people said. So someone said, I think we need to stop mixing culture and religion because it affects a lot of our day to day. And then someone said, um, raise awareness about psychological factors, especially during childhood and how they play a major role in shaping us into who we are um, so people can relate and better reflect. That's a, that's a very good one. This person mm-hmm. also said, educate about the human's mind biologically and how it can take its toll on people. Mm-hmm. And then someone said, eradicating the disgusting concept of Aib. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. my God. Oh, my like, God.
2: I see. And then someone said also that it's okay to seek professional help. Um, mm-hmm. Listen to your fam, your your friends and family when they talk when they actually talk about it. And then you said educate, Sarah. You said educate. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so a lot of people had a lot to say about this topic. So I I definitely feel like people like there really is the conversation really is lacking. And that's why I think even if this conversation was kind of all over the place and and we obviously are not experts by any means. And this wasn't Mm -hmm. really about like, you know, finding social was more about just discussing it, because I think just to start for someone to come across this and be like, oh, okay we're talking about mental health in the Middle East and not just in the Western world. And and kind of being uh, relatable in that way where you're like, oh, yeah, like I I completely understand how that feels like, you know, I feel like Mm. that's a good start at least that's what i think and i
0: would i would encourage people to have these conversations in their own small circles too exactly um all right well thank you guys for for listening mm-hmm. and thank um, you sarah for coming and talking and uh, sharing thank you for having you were me. an
1: amazing
2: you were an amazing guest and we no were stop. very honored you guys to have are amazing you. like so i don't even know what you were nervous about you were so well spoken and you just like i don't know how you can just Brilliant. recite facts like that I, I i honestly you need to teach me how to do that
1: oh my god i've researched this for like three weeks so like it was in my like i've memorized it
0: wow no you definitely amazing. like Good legitimized job. our podcast episode today. <laughs> oh my
2: yes. god no stop <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, um, i think it's so nice to have like facts in the background because i don't know i think yeah it's it's like it, because yeah like we're making a lot of assumptions like you said but it's nice to actually have you know a, a kind of historical context factual context behind it so thank you for yeah that. oh my god stop it you guys make me blush <laughs> i think we're gonna end it here so you can follow us on instagram so we're at on the other line pod on instagram um, and facebook and then at on the other line one on twitter which we don't even use by the way Um, and we'll talk to you guys soon let us know what your thoughts are if you have any comments suggestions even if you just want to text privately on the dms you can Um, so yeah i really hope you guys enjoyed this i'm just gonna say bye now (laughs) bye bye Bye. (laughs) bye